Welcome, birders. Welcome back, birders, I should say, to the Bird Panther Podcast, where birders talk birding. I'm back from my longest break from doing the podcast in over five years when I five years ago when I started this thing. And I'm excited to be home and to get started with some new episodes. For me, doing this podcast is really for fun. I try to be an ambassador for birding, but really, I do it because it's fun. I also wanted to give myself a break and keep it fun while I took my winter sojourn away from the rainy cold of western Washington to sunnier and warmer places. I stopped working as a family physician full-time a number of years ago, and since then I've tried lots of different ways to get out of the western Washington rainy season for part of the winter, and I haven't really figured it out yet, but that's part of the fun. I think, by my very nature, I'm a person who does best when I'm just exploring new places and new experiences rather than settling into a routine. As with most plans, uh, this trip got off to a start somewhat different than I expected. Uh, My plan was to get up at 3 a.m. for an early airplane ride to Florida where uh, Marion and I were going to go visit my brother. He had had been having a little bit of difficulty with a a knee procedure gone awry, and I I was going to rent a car and drive up to visit him in the villages. But just before my alarm went off, about maybe 2.50 in the morning, Bill called and said, Ed, I just tested positive for COVID. Oh my gosh, I don't think you should come visit. And so, okay, plans changed. Mary and I kind of, Mary and I got our heads together and said, well, we'll just go make an adventure. So we made our plane and flew to Orlando. And uh, and instead of going to the villages to visit Bill, uh, we decided, well, you know, let's go to Disney World. But as a birder, I'm always looking for an excuse to go find a new bird. Uh, and so instead of going straight to Disney World, I, I convinced Marion we should go to Cocoa, Florida, which is just off the coast uh, and really near uh, the Merritt Island National Wildlife Refuge, where four American flamingos have lingered after the flamingo diaspora caused by Hurricane Adalia. Uh, and uh, so we got a room in, in uh Cocoa for the night, and the next morning headed to a place called Hallover Canal, uh, which is, uh, I guess, a place boats can get through the Barrier Island, where Merritt Island National Wildlife Refuge is, and where we uh, pulled in shortly after daylight and uh, walked down to the to the waterfront and looked out over the looked out over the uh, waters and uh, out by an island, maybe a mile off mile from the from the boat landing there or the beach there. Uh, sure enough, there were four American flamingos uh, walking around in the water out there, just about at the, the farthest away with bins you could identify them. I was going to be traveling for six weeks and going to lots of different places, and I just didn't want to lug a spotting scope around, so kind of grumbled a little bit until uh, some really friendly birders showed up with a nice scope and got a great look at these flamingos, both walking and then flying around with their black wing tips. It was really cool, and that was an APA lifer for me, so I already was off to a great trip. Uh, we got to see some other cool things there, American bottlenose dolphins who are swimming right by the shore. I don't know if I've ever seen them any closer. You could hear them breathing, and it was just fabulous. Uh, and we just walked around a little bit and saw those, went back and saw the flamingos again, and ruddy turnstones walking around the shore, and laughing gulls making a ruckus along with some royal turns. And it was just just a beautiful little stop. Uh, so we did that and then spent the kill the rest of the day just wandering around, hoping to run into a 
run into a, a Florida scrub jay. It didn't happen. Watched some places where they could have been, but it just wasn't to be that day. Uh, but we had a really nice day and then went back. I uh, spent the night and the next day headed for Disney World, well, actually Epcot Center, uh, where uh, we uh, paid a lot of money to get in and walk around and and see other places you can spend a lot of money to eat or spend a lot of money to buy Disney paraphernalia. And overall, I was just kind of shocked at how it it just was a little dull. It was a nice walk, but just wasn't that exciting. Uh, We went on a couple of rides that were fun, and and it was cool. Marion had never been to Disney World area, so we got to experience that and and uh, uh, you know, decided we could live without that if we ever came back again. But it was cool. And then uh, we uh, caught a hotel for the night, and the next morning got up and went to the Loxahatchee National Wildlife Refuge. Uh, it's a cool place. I think I had been there at some point years ago, but uh, we got there, oh, late morning, uh, walked around, and just had a wonderful time. We got to see some nice stuff, uh, you know, uh, um, all of the waders, purple gallinules, bunch of eastern birds, eastern phoebes, and uh, a couple of warblers. It was just a beautiful walk, and had a really nice time, and uh, and got a got a room near there for the night. Uh, put our brains together, said, "What should we do? We've got a couple of days to kill uh, before we can get into the condo that we or the home that we had uh, managed to get loaned to us to stay down in Big Pine Key," uh, and so we decided what the heck, let's go to Miami Beach. Uh, Marion had never been there, and I hadn't been there in forever. Uh, and so we got a, a nice room in, right in Miami Beach and spent a couple of days getting good food and walking around and checking the place out and just having a nice time. Didn't do a lot of birding, but I got down to the shore and got, you know, lesser blackback, lesser blackback gull, and, and uh, you know, it was just cool. Uh, so had a nice time there and then headed on down to the Keys uh, where we stayed at a, f- at a friend of Marion's place at the, on Big Pine Key uh, and just kind of relaxed for a few days. Uh, just marveled at how few birds were around. It's kind of shocking in the Keys in the winter. There's just, there's, it's kind of a mono habitat pretty much. Uh, you know, a lot of mangrove and not a lot else. Uh, and so we saw a few birds, but really was kind of unimpressive. The great white herons, you know, the white race of the great blue heron, are, they're always cool to see. And managed to see some uh, roseate spoonbills, which how can you not love roseate spoonbills? And, and it was just a, a nice visit. Uh, and from there, uh, we uh, took off. Uh, Marion was uh, on her way home via visiting some family in Georgia. And so we drove up to Miami. I dropped her off about noon at the international airport. And Bruce Labar, a good friend of mine, was going to fly in around 8 that evening. So I had, you know, eight or nine hours to kill and and decided, what else do you do? But you chase a rear bird. Uh, and there was a yellow-headed caracara uh, that had been hanging around uh, at Olita State Park. I think that's how you say it, O-L-E-T-A, Olita, Olita uh, State Park, uh, by a place called the Pelican Pavilion. Uh, for a couple of months, this bird has been in the area, but in just the week or two before I got there, it seemed to settle into sort of a route, a routine that it took. Uh, and turns out each afternoon, it tended to stop at this picnic area after the crowds die down around 4.30 or 5 and scavenge for you know, leftovers <laughs> like, a, like a scavenger will do. Uh, and so I got there shortly after, you know, maybe 2 o'clock in the afternoon, something like that. So I had a while to wait. So I just hung out and, you know, looked around and 
hoped this hoped this uh, bird would fly in. Uh, by about four, a couple of other birders had showed up, and I chatted them up a little bit and kind of continued to watch. And then out of the corner of my eye, bing, I see this white wing flash, and I look up, and sure enough, this caracara was flying in down the beach, uh, kind of circled the picnic area, lit on a, a tree right there in the middle of the area. We all got fabulous looks and just really uh, drooled over this bird. It's super cool. I've seen them in Costa Rica and, and uh, other places, but boy, this is so cool to add another ABA first to my list. Two for the trip, and both of them kind of wasn't planning on getting the pelican, uh, excuse me, the uh, flamingo I knew I had a chance at, but uh, this was completely not on my radar. Uh, so I was super excited to see it. Uh, it's already been accepted by the Florida Bird Com Records Committee, and, and uh, most of the people there don't seem to think there's any reason it won't be accepted as a first ABA uh, bird. So that was super, super exciting. Uh, so I got to see that and, uh, and then picked up Bruce, and we got a good night's sleep. Uh, and met uh, our guide for the next day, uh, Mariah Hernovich uh, of Woodstar Tours, and actually her husband, Louis, who's the other uh, bird guide in the group, was with us as an added bonus for the day. Uh, so they showed us around the area. Uh, the main goal for the day, and we hired them for an eight-hour stretch, uh, the main goal for the day was to see a lot of the ABA listable exotics that had been introduced to the southern Florida area. And, and uh, with their local expertise, we managed to tick most of those off nicely. We started at the Dolphin Mall, which is a place, uh, kind of interestingly, that Kay and I years ago found um, our life for gray-headed swamp pen. I think it was purple swamp pen at the time, but it's been split. And the, the race that's most well-established in Florida is the gray-headed swamp pen. That's a species of its own now. It's a great big uh, gallinule-like bird. Uh, that uh, hangs out in the swamps there. And the, the, the swamp by the mall is maybe the, the easiest place to see one. Uh, and sure enough, they were right in plain sight, easy when we got there, uh, with a bonus of a white-crowned pigeon, which uh, is not common in such an urban area or at that time of year, I guess. Uh, and it was perched in a tree across the way, and Lewis uh, picked it right out, and we got great looks at that too. Uh, so we were excited that, you know, 10 minutes into our day, we already had one of the target birds and, and a bonus white-crowned pigeon to boot. Uh, so we were off from there to the rest of the day birding locally, and we just had a wonderful time. I'm not going to go into the parrot-by-parrot parrot or bird-by-bird bird blow, but we saw several uh, parrots and parakeets and a spot-breasted oriole that Mariah picked out flying overhead and still lit in a tree for us nicely. Uh, we kind of finished up our time together by adding limpkin, and we tried uh, to see a scaly-breasted munia. There's one place we, we went to there that's supposed to be the best place for scaly-breasted munia, and it had just the habitat I expected. You know, I've seen them in, in Southern California, and, and that when this big pompous grass, like you know, this big African grass with the big seed heads on it, uh, it, when it's a bunch of that around, that seems to be what attracts these uh, munia. Uh, and there was a place with a lot of that right near the road, and we pulled up to try to see it, and there were police cars all over the place and weren't allowed to stop because a Florida panther had been seen right in the park, right by the road there that morning, eating house cats. Uh, and uh, so they we tried to whine our way into just looking on the outside of the park, but no, they would have none of it. We weren't allowed to stop. Uh, so we got to hear the story of a Florida panther uh, being spotted, which is, uh, you know, 
Florida panther, they're the same species that our uh, mountain lions or cougars here, are here in Washington. A little different coloration down there, and they're really endangered in, in Florida. Uh, and for one to be uh, seen so nicely and photographed by a birder uh, was uh, pretty cool. Uh, we didn't get to see it, but still pretty cool story. Uh, and so we uh, kind of called it a day from there and headed off, uh, left uh, left uh, Mariah and Lewis and headed off to try to pick up the Caracara for Bruce. So we dashed back up to Alita State Park. Uh, and while we were there, uh, we were chatting up a bunch of people. There's this one fellow who just had kind of a uh, Good story. He's a big-time uh, birder in Florida, big lister. I, I can't remember his name, but a, a nice fellow who told us this was his eighth try for this character, and we, we were waiting around. You know, he's telling eight tries. He had a two-and-a-half-hour drive him just to get to the park, so five hours of driving for each try. He thought he's estimated he'd put in 50 hours so far looking for the one bird, and it had never come while he was there. And just while he's telling this, Bruce spots this bird flying in uh, just like it had the day before uh, and again it lit in a tree we got great looks and pictures and this guy was you know just doing the the lifer dance and uh and it was really fun to, to treat this fellow to the bird in his own home state so that was really fun uh, and it turns out that the same guy we were talking to is the guy who saw the panther earlier that day and put that posted the photos to a to a listserv that uh, uh, all of the Florida birders use. Uh, and so uh, we not only got to see the caracara, we saw it with the guy who really wanted to see it and the guy who had seen the panther that kept us from looking for the uh, scaly-breasted munia a couple of hours before. So kind of the story wrapped around very nicely. So after leaving the park, we headed north. Uh, we had a really enjoyable dinner that night. We stopped at a place called Hummus Achla, a Jewish deli-style restaurant. It's kind of a community gathering spot, just full of life, people having fun. Uh, the, the whole serving process and ordering process was just kind of a trip, and we just had a really nice time. We had to sit down, relax, watch the, the whole world going on around us in this deli, and, uh, and then went off to a local hotel for a good night's sleep. Uh, the next day, we returned to the Loxahatchee Trail uh, that Marion and I visited earlier uh, on the trip. It was early morning when Bruce and I were there, much earlier than when Marion and I were there. And we had a, just a delightful walk around the Marsh Trail, uh, saw lots of the waders, uh, uh, and just got a blue-headed uh, vireo, and just a, a lot of really cool birds, had a lot of fun. And after a walk, we headed for the Jonathan Dickman State Park, where we've been told by local birds the Florida scrub jay was a gimme. They'll eat out of your hand, was the promise. Well, of course, that made us worry. Nothing could be certain or that easy, but wrong, it really was that easy. Uh, we uh, got the scrub jays, uh, got great looks at them, and uh, and then uh, headed back for Miami. Uh, and we were going to stay the night before heading off to, to Columbia. Uh, on the way back, we stopped at this Pinewoods Park where the panther had apparently moved on, and as had the police, but no scaly-breasted munia to be had. Although we did spot a red-whiskered bulbul, a different exotic that was kind of unexpected for us, and uh, really uh, enjoyed that. So we had a great night's sleep. Uh, well, we got up the next morning and drove to the airport, dropped off the rent-a-car, and, and headed to the airport for our flight to Bananquilla. It turns out just about the whole group that we were going to go on the Hillstar Nature Trips tour was on the same flight. Uh, we uh, landed in Barranquilla, and as we looked around for Josh Colville, our guide, outside the airport, we kind of all met each other and got acquainted. Uh, the group was a really interesting and fun group. Uh, 
through a little cyber snooping, uh, both Gene and I had tried to check out who these other people going to be on the trip were. We knew that one couple was from Montana, Gail Bissell and her husband Rick. Uh, Gail and Rick have uh, known Josh for a lot of years. Josh is from the same part of Montana where where they live, and gr- Josh grew up there as a birder, and Josh the local birdie guide at Glacier National Park and in the area, uh, and uh, met up with George and, and joined Hillstar uh, a year or two ago. Anyway, uh, we met, got together, and, and met them. Uh, they're an interesting couple. Uh, Gail has been a leader in the local Audubon Society. He's an enthusiastic birder, but Rick is, is not so much a birder, just an outdoors sort of guy. He was a grizzly bear conservationist and expert. Uh, he had terrific stories to tell. We learned a lot about grizzly bears. We learned about conservation and population dynamics and the politics of grizzly bears and cattle and grizzly bears and road closures and all sorts of stuff like that. It's kind of fun. Uh, and I guess uh, Rick has had to use his uh, bear spray maybe 40 times over the years and live to talk about it. So he had some good stories to tell. Uh, another couple on the trip was Drew Master and Gabriel Field, newlyweds, uh, who've been uh, birding only for a relatively short time, but no George Armistead, the Hillstar Tours owner and just fabulous birder. So they were fun to be around this excited you know gail is just uh, excuse me gabrielle is just full of energy she was always right up with the leaders just checking things out and very good at digibinning she got fabulous photos right through her bins with your cell phone uh, and drew is a funny guy i mean he just always had a, a one-liner to keep everybody loose and laughing uh, and uh, so we had a really uh, really nice time with them uh, and the, the the one birder on the trip we couldn't find much out about online was Mike Good. Mike's an Ohio birder uh, who, although he's fairly new to birding uh, and very new to international birding, was is quite talented. He is a very good photographer, had studied a lot, pretty much knew what to expect, was all over everything we saw. He seemed almost like an extra guide sometimes. He was so, so sharp at spotting birds. So we had a really good group, Gene Revelis and Bruce Labar. Bruce is a, a longtime uh, birding friend and was actually my... Uh, guest on episode number three of the show way back when. Uh, Bruce was my roommate for the trip. And so we had a really nice group. Uh, our Hillstar guide was Josh Colville, who was terrific. And our local guide was Christian de Jesus Sierra Villaba, Villaba uh, and uh, both excellent leaders. And we had a really good uh, time with both of them. Uh, so I'm going to give a kind of brief summary of the trip and then kind of tell some stories about the trip. Uh, we started out in Barranquilla. Uh, stayed at a big hotel on the first day of Carnival. Carnival is a big deal uh, in that part of the world. Uh, it's a big uh, festival, holiday, party, and the music is loud. The costumes are crazy. The people are just having a blast, and they have that blast late into the night. Uh, so the room was really loud that Bruce and I stayed in, and I didn't get much sleep at all. Uh, but we're up early the next morning and off to birding. Uh, we got we headed uh, uh, north and east along the coast, more on that later, uh, and made a couple of stops uh, and then continued on toward Minka, uh, where uh, we changed from the bus into three Toyota Land Rovers and spent our first night at Colores de la Sierra, birded there in the evening and the morning, then continued up the hill uh, toward Minka uh, and uh, the RNA Pro Avis El Dorado Lodge, where we spent two nights of spectacular vistas, food, birding, just a, a very memorable place. Had a day of highland birding and, and switched, uh, went headed back downhill, switched to the van and spent a couple days along the coast before going back to Barranquilla. The trip was really extraordinary. If you look at a map of the area, 
you'll be reminded, as I am every time I go to South America, how far east South America is. Uh, it's really east of most of North America. And Barranquilla uh, is on the Caribbean coast, which is largely north of most of Panama, and where the coastline really runs uh, to the east and north before it wraps back south. Uh, so it was a, a uh, directionally, I was all screwed up the whole trip. But uh, anyway, it was really a unique place because the Santa Marta Mountains are maybe the tallest coastal mountain range in the world and are really close to the coast. The Eldorado Lodge, where we spent our uh, two nights at high elevation, about 8,500 feet, is only about 12 miles as a crow flies from the coast. Uh, it's about two hours of organ rearranging Land Rover riding on maybe the roughest roads I've ever been in a vehicle over, uh, but it's uh, not very far as a crow flies. And uh, so that leads to a very unique area. It's quite isolated from the rest of the continent. It's famous for its endemic rich uh, bird and plant life. Uh, and it seemed like every target species there is a Santa Marta something or other. We saw the Santa Marta bush tyrant, the Santa Marta brush finch, the Santa Marta warbler, the Santa Marta blossom crown, the Santa Marta ant bird, the Santa Marta ant peter, at least we heard it, a Santa Marta tapaculo, along with a lot of other endemics that aren't called the Santa Marta something or other. And the first day was just a day of lifers. Uh, we made our first quick stop of almost before daylight to see the endemic chestnut-winged chachalaca alongside the road. Uh, and then we went to a, a fabulous turnout right on the coast, uh, where large bill turns for me stole a show. The large bill is very large, but it's a cool pattern that makes the bird get its wows. Uh, the upper wing pattern is uh, sort of like a sabin skull, only on the narrow angled wings of a turn, uh, with a jet black wedge on the outer wing, a gray back, a white triangle on the back of the mid wing, and just a gorgeous bird. And this big yellow bill, I mean, they are just wow. Just a big, very cool bird. And northern screamers were perched not far away. Roseate spoonbills, limpkins, kakoi, and great blue herons right beside each other for comparison. Lots of waders. Carib grackles were a lifer for everyone. It was all over the place. So Josh had to pry us away from there. To the next stop, uh, which was uh, accurately named, but not very exciting name of Palermo Camino Kilometer 4. <laughs> Not much of a name, but the leaders knew that down this obscure little dirt road was a farm with a pond that allowed birders access. And because it's kind of in a desert area, this pond was sort of an oasis in the desert scrub landscape and just surrounded by birds. There were some fabulous big birds, bare-faced ibis and snail kite, but the ones that got our attention were the passerines. We got striped-backed wren, gigantic bicolored wren, cattle tyrant, pied water tyrant, brown-throated parakeet, these incredibly cute and cooperative turquoise-winged parrotlets, a little tiny green parrot with a turquoise wing patch that was just too cool, uh, and just too many others to mention. It was just one of my favorite stops of the whole trip. And then we had another stop before lunch, uh, so it was a long morning, uh, and that was at Parco Isle de Salamanca, which is uh, a cool uh, cool park with a boardwalk and some shorebirds and a bunch of other birds, but it was really hot and really muggy, and we were, you know, I was kind of staggering by the end of that stop. 
went to lunch. The place we went to lunch was called Popeye's. Uh, think olive oil and Popeye the Sailor Man. And it was a nice break. We had a good lunch. We sat down. Drew took a dip in the pool and, uh, and wore his shirt pants most of the day to make sure he could get plenty of insect bites, swollen legs and edema. And kind of struggled for a few days. Uh, uh, it was kind of a ill-advised uh, choice he made there. But it led to a little concern about possibly cellulitis. But he got better as the week went on. And all was well. Uh, from there, uh, we kind of headed inland, traded in Santa Marta from the bus to three different uh, Toyota Land Rovers and headed uphill on these really, at first, not too memorable, but mostly really rough roads. Uh, a couple of stops were really memorable on that, the most of which was Doña Marie's Hummingbird Stop. Uh, this is a local family that uh, roasts coffee and sells uh, some snack food uh, and uh, birding, birding groups uh, pay them a little bit to stop and bird from their porch. Just these fabulous, brilliant orange flowers called marmalade bushes with hummingbirds and flower piercers and all sorts of cool stuff. We had Santa Marta blossom crown and coppery emerald uh, and a crowned wood nymph along with lesser violet ear. Just all these names for hummingbirds. What's with blossom crowns and emeralds and wood nymphs and hummingbirds and just uh, too many names for Plumeleteers, I mean, all these different names of hummingbirds, but I guess you run out of names for you just use hummingbird for everything. Anyway, they were super cool. They were groove built toucanets there and plumeous kites overhead. The coffee drinkers really enjoyed the local coffee. Pretty much everybody, I think, am I the only birder in the world that doesn't drink coffee? Anyway, pretty much everyone enjoyed their coffee and sold the shop out of uh, beans to go uh, and just had a really nice stop. And from there, we continued uphill for some really cool stops along the way uh, to uh, a place called Proavis. Proavis is something you should check out. It's a Columbia-based conservation organization that caught my attention during the trip, and I've read about them a little bit late uh, after I got home. They only have about a 25-year history, but already they own or manage 28 key tracts of land in Colombia, including the spectacular place we visited, the Sierra Nevada de Santa Marta Preserve, where we stayed at, the, at a hotel there called the El Dorado Lodge. Uh, I encourage you to check out their organization. I'll put a link in the podcast notes, proavis.org. Uh, we arrived in our Land Rovers about 1.15, on that day, and really day two of active birding after a, a night at a lodge down farther, and we just couldn't get enough of this place. The lodge is spectacular. Uh, it's a down sort of infrastructure on the bottom floor, and then the top floor is just a big restaurant and bar with a wraparound uh, deck uh, and uh, overhangs so you can stay dry on the deck. And they had feeders out and just vistas all the way to the coast, these many different valleys with clouds, formations, and just spectacular, just so beautiful. And there are 10 cabanes, five uphill and five downhill, all uh, a fair, fair serious uphill walk to get from the, lo from the main lodge to your cabane. The cabanes are all separate with spectacular views, wraparound floor-to-ceiling uh, windows in the front overlooking the vistas in, in those directions. And it's just a comfortable place, just spectacular. The food was terrific. Uh, and uh, after lunch, we, uh, we spent some time birding from the deck, and then we all took off down a trail to see a bird that there had been lots of rumors about. It wasn't really clear what it was, but it was some sort of an ant pita. It was a novel bird. They didn't really know if it was an undulated ant pita, uh, which shouldn't have been in that area, 
or maybe a new bird to science. It was all just mumbled rumors at the time, but we were all excited, and as the light kind of failed, we walked down this trail to where a young man was tossing out mealworms into our clearing, and this large yellow-bellied uh, antpeter. Antpeter's a long-legged, almost no-tail, plump birds that just look goofy as all get out and are super cool. Uh, it had these kind of wavy horizontal stripes in the belly, and it was just pretty oblivious to what was going on, and all these birders just ogling it and taking pictures in low light trying to get a good photo. It was really cool. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll put a link in the podcast notes to an article uh, about the Sampita on the uh, ProAvis website. It's super cool. Maybe a new bird to science. is unclear. Anyway, uh, I've... Uh, I've read about and seen videos of these trained antpetas, uh, but it's really a cool story. Just in the recent, you know, a couple of decades ago, uh, some uh, local uh, landowners in, in Ecuador especially, and in, in Colombia and other local countries, have, have learned how to uh, train and attract these antpetas as, a, as an ecotourism uh, feature. It's not felt to be harmful particularly to the birds, and, and uh, it's really cool. They... Uh, they often say, venga, 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 or tap their little uh, uh, bucket that the mealworms are in, and these birds will come trotting out, and they'll toss some mealworms, and they'll eat the worms, and the birds get to see their birds, and which are otherwise just about impossible to see. They're very secretive birds that walk on the ground, hardly fly, uh, and in thick, dense areas that are almost in, in, inaccessible. So it's really cool. You get to see these birds. Uh, locals make a little money. It's just good for everyone. Uh, so we got to see this bird. Everyone's super excited. Turns out the day after we uh, saw the bird, uh, some uh, antpeta experts came in and they uh, uh, captured the bird and took a DNA sample. And uh, I don't think the bird's been seen since. I think it's had an, I like the worms, but I don't like having a feather plucked, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, it was out of there, but we all got to see it. It was super, super cool. It may be called the El Dorado Antpeter. Time will tell. The next day was our day at high elevation, and we were up about 4 a.m. for the ride up to a bridge in the dark uh, on a trail they call the Knife Trail, I think El Cuchillo. Uh, anyway, uh, a little drama of a vehicle breaking down delayed the ascent a little bit, but we got there to find pretty steady rain and high winds, but kind of amazingly, Christiane and Josh managed to show us some pretty good list of uh, the likely endemic species up there and a bunch of other stuff. It was really fun. Uh, as expected, antpetas and tapaculos were really hard to see, but most of us got at least brief looks at most of the birds. We returned to the lodge, had another birding hike, again seeing this newly discovered antpeta, along with lots more, and really had great food and accommodations. Uh, and the, the walk uh, back from the cabane was really slippery and steep after the rainy day, but we managed without incident. The ride back to the coast the next day was one of more good stops, more good birds, and we spent the last two nights at a lodge on the coast. Highlights of the lowland birding were pretty, pretty fabulous. Uh, one, of the, one of the stops was at an indigenous family's farm with cacti, where they'd kind of scooped up the top of the cactus and placed corn on top, and uh, vermilion cardinals, just a spectacular red bird with a, you know, a crested top uh, and other species came in to feed and pose and it was just wonderful. We uh, hiked around that property as it got hot to uh, see double striped thick knee and burrowing owl and then in the afternoon we had a really unexpected treat. Uh, we pull up to the to Las Flamencos, a place we were hoping to see flamingos uh, and 
Uh, there are several boats on the shore, and we learned that we're going to go on a boat ride. We got out, and one of the group said, are they going to row or use a motor? And, and the surprise answer was, well, neither. Uh, the boats were really cool. They were just a fiberglass boat, a good-sized boat that about, I think about six or so people could sit in along with the with the skipper, uh, and it had this makeshift sail. It looked like a, uh, a couple of Costco tarps sort of sewed together, uh, two, uh, a two-part mast. One was just a, a log that was kind of lashed on and stuck straight up in the air with another one across the bottom lashed onto that, and then these uh, tarps tied on uh, to make a, a makeshift sail, uh, which actually worked pretty well, uh, and then another long uh, log that the... the uh, driver used as a pole. So we sailed and poled out into the lagoon and went out to an island where we saw mangrove rails, a uh, 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 split from clapper rail uh, that was really a very cool bird. We got great looks at that. And scarlet, I scarlet ibis was a treat for everyone. They're just like a scarlet red white ibis. Uh, you know, decurved bill, big bird, this incredible, beautiful scarlet red. Uh, and then we saw some pink babies that come from hybridized uh, white and uh, black white and uh, scarlet ibis. So we saw the pink ibis, the scarlet ibis, and the white ibis. Very cool. Uh, and uh, took a ride in the boat, got to see the ibis, of course, and a good number of other birds, uh, yellow crown night heron. They were royal and sandwich terns zooming around, laughing gulls. And, and uh, as we got back from the boat ride, went to a a roost to where a lot of shorebirds were. There was one flamingo way out in the middle of the lagoon uh, and a, a good number of black skimmers and ruddy turnstones and royal and sandwich turns and laughing gulls all roosting. Very cool. Uh, and then on the way back to the car, we got another look at a yellow oriole to wrap up the day, which is you know a treat anytime you see it. These fabulous yellow orioles, a little bit of black in the face, some white on the wings. They're just wonderful. The last day, we drove back to Bonankia stops for a lesser yellow-headed vulture, uh, cattle egret, a cattle tyrant perched on a cow, uh, and a nice shorebird bonanza stop where we got a bunch of shorebirds to pad our list. And uh, at the lunch in the city, we got white-winged swallows and a bunch more looks at the fabulous large-billed terns. Uh, and then we had our last dinner together and got much better night's sleep as the noise was, so, for some reason, a lot less than it was on day one of Carnival and flew back to Miami the next day. Uh, Bruce and I got a room at the airport for the night, and Bruce flew home from there, and I headed on to Costa Rica to visit my daughter, Alan and Jean, at their farm in, in uh, Tinamaste. The travel was pretty easy, had a nice visit with Jean and Alan, stayed about 10 days, and for me, yeah, I am pretty much a, every day, if I don't have something planned to do, I kind of get a little antsy, but I did a good job. I, uh, I channeled my uh, inner Holly Merker, uh, uh, did some, uh, so intentional birding, you know, uh, and uh, uh, ornotherapy, just kind of looked around, took my time, really looked at everything well, spent a lot of time on the porch just looking at birds and doing my floor exercises. Jean did her yoga. We had lots of good conversations. Just a really nice visit. Jean continues to you know, live, a, live a great life, helping along with writing, teaching, and work with jungle projects and her own Regenerate Your Reality project. Uh, I uh, got a lot of relaxation. We uh, visited the family farm about an hour from there, and uh, where Alan is just setting up this fabulous, 
the agroforestry fruit farm, and uh, a local friend and guide, Carlos Arena, took us out for a morning and got some nice birding around the, the place. And another day we went back and, and visited with a, a coalition of women uh, doing a nice job with conservation of a biocorridor, uh, which is super important in the area for animals and birds that need to move around, uh, and have a, a nice uh, a cooperative place where they uh, are able to process uh, breadfruit and some kind of root uh, roots into flour and, and are, uh, have a, a small business going on with that. So really had a nice time there. Anyway, thanks for listening. I hope you haven't been too bored by this story. I hope to have really good guests in the future. If you have suggestions of who you'd like to hear from on the podcast, let me know. You can reach me at Bird Banner on Facebook or direct message me there or using the contact page on the birdbanner.com blog or any other way you want to get a hold of me. Anyway, and if any of you want to see some photos and a, a more detailed narrative of uh, part of the Columbia trip and other things, uh, I'll make sure I put up a good blog post associated with this episode on the birdbanner.com website. Again, thanks for listening. Good birding. Good day.